0: Hi, I'm Marietta Del Vecchio, and welcome to another episode of the Silver Bullet podcast. This podcast is about lessons learned in running a business with a strong focus on startup founders and CEOs. We'll uncover what gaps these disruptors have identified in the market, what they're doing differently to their competitors, and of course, to find out their silver bullet for business success. On today's episode of the Silver Bullet podcast, I'm chatting with Kate Brown, the Head of Research and Insights at Financial Marketplace and Advice Company, Compare Club. During the podcast, we chat about why people are more likely to cut back on non-essential spending than review big household expenses, how loyalty is costing Aussies thousands, and why she believes radical candor is the best way to communicate in business. Kate, thank you for joining me on the podcast. Oh, thanks for having me. Absolute pleasure. First of all, why don't you tell us a little bit about Compare Club and what you guys do?
1: Yeah, Compare Club is in the comparison space, uh, but we're a little different. So you may have heard of other compare or comparators, as we call them in the game. There's quite a few out there. So generally, what we all do is provide comparison on those big services where you can save money. So it could be health insurance, energy insurance, as in home and contents or life insurance, home loans, all those big things where you could save a lot of money. But what we know is that people feel a bit overwhelmed and don't tend to do those. So you might set up with a health fund, for example, but they're not change, um, you know, and you may not be getting the best benefits. So Compare Club helps people to change. Uh, to do, you know, health checks. Pardon the pun on all those services to make sure you're getting the best bang for your buck. And what we know is the more often you shop around, the more money you can save. I think that
0: sounds like that's a service that I have definitely um, used because, especially in the last couple of years or year, because it is just getting tight out there. Like, is that what you're seeing? It like our Aussies just like struggling financially.
1: Look, we are. The cost of living crisis is very real and all of us are seeing the consequences of that every time we do a grocery shop, fill up our cars, buy coffee. But what I do see, and this sort of speaks to human psychology and consumer psychology, we often sweat about the little things. So you probably have lost count of the times you've read give up coffee to save money, or, you know, switch out this to save $10. People tend to sweat those small things, and then they don't do the big things. And that's switching things like energy, health insurance, um, you know, looking at your home loan, and you can literally save hundreds, if not thousands of dollars with those ones. But for some reason, they seem too hard, too complicated too time-consuming and as humans we get caught up in all the other things we're dealing with and we don't do them um that was going to be my next
0: question about what kinds of savings can people make but i've also read a recent statistic that i pretty sure was from you guys about the propensity for somebody to switch is actually like definitely not first thought as you said people will think about the little things like coffee and eating out and whatever but only 30% of people who were sort of struggling had actually reflected upon and switched one of their big household expenses.
1: Yeah. Um, yes, thank you. We have done that research and it's borne out by other research. We've, uh, I've certainly seen, you know, internationally and in Australia. Um, I think people have a fear of change because they think they could make a mistake. These Often these products are really complicated And um, I think there's a hesitancy to make a change because there's a fear you're going to make a big mistake. Um, the, The good news about services like ours is we can take a lot of that complexity away, we can give you those top line details and kind of handle the change. But there's also a lot of misconceptions, Marietta. I know with health insurance, people might think that they have to serve out waiting periods when they may not. If it's something they already have, they don't have to. So again, those little hurdles tend to put people off and then stay with whoever they have. We know that companies, um, you know, capitalize on that um, I've heard the phrase bandied around in the industry sleeping beauties these are the customers that don't interact very often they just pay their bills they don't challenge whether they're getting a good deal and look you know companies love those customers they're they're low low engagement and 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 they will keep chugging on what we know now looking at research is there's more competition in these markets than ever so you really need to get in there. And um, challenge, you know, what you're paying, what you can save, or the other thing is not just saving, but getting value. So you might save a hundred bucks a year on your health insurance, but you may be losing out on thousands of dollars worth of value. So again, they're big, tricky things. So as humans, we don't like look, we don't like doing tricky things as humans. It's just our nature. Um, But if you do, you can save a lot of money. So that's where these services are critical, and it's. As a coffee drinker, you know what? I'd rather spend $5 on my coffee. But I refinanced my home loan um, a year ago and saved $6,000 um, in the first year. And it really, really, really wasn't as hard as I thought. It took six weeks, but I actually timed how long it took me in terms of doing things. And it was about an hour and a half over six weeks. Six grand. That could wow. buy me a lot of coffees. <laughs> yeah, that is
0: <laughs> that is worth every penny. Yeah. And was that purely a saving based on like interest rate change or was there a cashback involved there?
1: Uh, good question. It was both. So it was an interest rate change and a cashback. And at the time I'd been a loyal customer of a certain bank um, and I, I approached them and they weren't interested. Uh, I then... I then shopped around. This is before I was at Compare Club. So I did do a bit of of footwork and very quickly found another lender who not only gave me $3,000 cash back but put me on a lower rate as well. And I was blown away at how quickly it could be done. And I think with... Big services, right, the time moves really fast. It's, it's like I've got to get a new passport at the moment and I feel like I just blinked and 10 years has gone past. Do you know what I mean? Um, it, you can be, it can be surprising. You suddenly go, oh, I've been with the same bank for 10 years. You know, these things fly. Um, and I realised I'd been with that previous lender for like eight or nine years and I hadn't really looked at it. I was surprised at how easy it was to, to change and how little difference it made to my day-to-day life, apart from the fact that I save lots of money.
0: I'm so glad you mentioned a lender that didn't want to budge on their rate and give you a better deal. I'd love your insight on what is up with these people because I just have recently refinanced my mortgage as well. I'm in the middle of it right now in the process and it's switching over next week. Settlement is next week. Wow. I went to my bank, a certain bank, and... (laughs) They, I rolled off. I'm one of those people that came off the cliff. Ouch. I came off the 1.9% cliff in June this year. So I've been really, really fortunate to miss a year of interest rate increases. 100%. They wanted to put me straight on their variable rate of 7.1. Oh, that's a big shock. 1.9 to 7.1. And I was like, my broker said, look, let's call them. Let's see if they can Mm -hmm. do us any, any, a, a deal. Otherwise, here's the best options on on the market. And they literally said, yeah, sorry, it's actually already a discount from like whatever the standard variable that they are running of eight something. I bet that didn't feel like a
1: discount to you. I was like, are you kidding? Have
0: you looked at the market? Like there is a number of um, products and, and banks and lenders out there who are willing to do a much better deal. I called, my broker called. And then, when I switched to, um, yeah, we started the process to switch to a uh, lender giving me four thousand dollars cash back, and I think the rate at the time or now is like six point one. So it's much about much better. A, much better. Unfortunately, it's not in the fives, but it's much better. And then when it came to, you know, when it, when it you switch over and you have to mm. call, you have to call them and yes. say hi, I need my disengagement papers or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, oh, you're leaving. Is there anything we can say
1: to – and I was like, are you kidding? I, like we called three times. So that, That's just nuts. That's just one hand not talking to the other, right? And what I've noticed with um, – traditional financial institutions, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm,
0: mm -hmm. they are
1: enormous and they have a lot of legacy systems that really slow them down. And I really didn't understand that until I started working in this space and particularly when, um, you know, a few years ago we had what were called the neobanks coming online. And, look, some of them haven't survived but that's more of a market thing. It wasn't because of the way they were set up. Neobank is a bank that's, like, brand new, doesn't have branches, hasn't inherited all this kind of heavy red tape and architecture and I mean sort of just process wise so they can move very swiftly and I was quite surprised when I was privy to that how much that impacts customers so like you saying that Marietta that's just so clearly like an internal failing where you know uh, retention doesn't speak to new customers so retention for people that don't know that is like keeping your current customers Um, and we know in heaps of these spaces Only new customers are going to get the best deals, which is madness. And sometimes it can depend on who you talk to. Um, Sometimes, if you're really bullish, you might be able to fight your way through all the different call centers to get to the right person. But frankly, as customers, we shouldn't have to do that. And it is to those lenders' detriment. But my theory is um, I mean, they're saying loyalty doesn't pay. It's a cliche, but it's true. But what I would say now that is the advantage for customers is in the past, not being loyalty and shifting around probably did take a bit of work and paperwork and stuff going everywhere and having to chase it all, and it really was a bit of a pain in the bum. With technology, with things like open banking, really it's so easy. And also as customers, how often do you go to a branch? How often do you actually even have to fill out a piece of paper now? So much of that stuff's made things smoother. I'm, I'm surprised that, that um, players in the market, lenders in the market, Aren't being a bit smarter about their customers. I would suggest though, it's it is more to do with those legacy systems than them not wanting to do that, but it's to our advantage.
0: I, I honestly just felt like there must be a strategy behind this. They must be trying to shed customers because it felt so overtly dis, just completely disregarding the fact that I had been a customer for five years, they had my mortgage. Whatever, whatever. I had a savings account as well,
1: and they're just like, nah, don't care. I'm I'm not sure if it's if it is a marketing tactic. I mean, it could be, but what I have found is that you know I think we do give um, big companies a bit more credit than maybe they have. I I do think sometimes it's just an internal failing of being able to control big companies um, with thousands of customers, and that's why um, you know when we talk about home home loans. There are so many lenders that even I haven't heard of and um, people sometimes have a bit of a reticence to to use them when there's absolutely no reason why not. Um, You know, we talk about the big four. I mean, you know, the Royal Commission didn't really put the big four in the best light, but we're weirdly um, tied to those names that we know, but that world has changed. And again, um, even down to we call certain institutions bricks and mortar. But I can't tell you the last time I went into a branch. Can you remember the last time you went into a branch, for example, for banking or a home loan? Kate, you will
0: be absolutely shocked to hear that the new lender I have switched to is one of the big four and they require you to go in no, to do your transfer papers. Really? And settle the home loan. My broker was like, it is the weirdest. You just, a legacy system. Yeah. I had to go into a branch and that was a couple of weeks ago. And it was weird. Wow. And that was my first time in years. Like easily more than six or seven years.
1: There you go. And that's wow. And actually, question, because so many like big banks are shutting their branches. Was it hard to find one close enough to you? Luckily, not for me. I'm in yeah. metro I'm in Metro Sydney. Yeah. Um, there,
0: there are a few, a few branches have closed down near mm. me various banks but I was fortunate that of this particular bank there is one nearby yeah
1: yeah um I I've I found that the bank I'm with um you know I did need to go into the branch because I, I actually needed to this is embarrassing I had to get I had to get some cash out to get my dog <laughs> it was cash only for my cavoodle um and I literally looked up where's the lo- nearest branch the one that I used to go to was closed the next one was closed I had to go to the city um, yeah, and I, but then I thought, wow, like I haven't needed a branch for like five or six years. So there is a funny mindset around that. It's so interesting about those legacy systems um, with your new lender. Good to see that they got you a good deal. Um, definitely <laughs> worth a trip to the branch. But yeah, the whole space is changing. And um, yeah, I mean, I don't think loyalty's ever paid, uh, but certainly in 2023, there's no point having loyalty when you can save so much money.
0: You're fairly new to the company, but you have a lot of experience in consumer advocacy roles, you know, since um, since starting. Have you noticed anything about the way Compare Club speaks to their customers that's like a little bit different, given that you're a seasoned
1: communicator? Yeah, I, I have noticed that. And what I really like, um, again, speaks to um, – certain kind of customer but I would say a customer who's in the majority so I've worked um, in this space as you know consumer affairs journal doing advocacy I've worked for other comparators definitely have different types of customers Um, one place I worked really went for the kind of people that wanted every single detail about every single product on the market and they wanted to do it all themselves. What I quickly recognise is I certainly don't work like that Um, and a lot of people don't. And what I really like about Compare Club is, and stick with me, the, the phrase like good enough is nearly always good enough. And what I mean by that is you could spend weeks hunting down incrementally the very best deal for you. But for most of us, that is so overwhelming that what happens is you don't do it at all Um, and so you're not winning at all because you won't do it. There's that uh, that overwhelm of choice. What you want to do is have something that's good enough and that's not to say that we don't have the best products on the market too but I think the customers we speak to and what we can do is get those jobs Done. Um, um, one of our founders, Lance Goodman, said to me the other day, You just need to get it done. And I thought that was just such a lovely, simple way of summing it up. All of us have things in our head living rent free that we haven't done. And I'm putting myself out there, I have not checked my energy. Um, and now I'm at Compare Club. That's the first one. Um, your, I need next, to, to get sorted. your next girlfriend your next. And then my health insurance needs a health checkup. Um, Those things just sit in the back of my head. The other one is I need to get a passport and I haven't done that. But I am astonished at the end of the day that I have still not knocked those things off my list. And we all have those things um, and we don't get to them. Life's busy. There's a lot going on. And so uh, what I see with Compare Club, you do speak to someone, um, you know, within the company that can help you. And I think that is a huge benefit because when you're provided with a whole bunch of good deals, you've still got to do the do and you've still got to do it yourself. And what I notice, and I think I should know better than most, I still don't do it. There's a, a child that needs me to do something. There's a pet that needs to be walked. I'm tired. And so Compare really allows you to have a conversation. Um, it's free to the customer. You do have to have a conversation. Not everyone likes having conversation, but honestly, the time you can do that and have a conversation with one of our team they can take care of everything for you, and you know by the time you finish that conversation, it's done. And getting it done gets to tick it off your list, and know that you're going to be on a better deal. And I just think that's a huge advantage in this in this space. As
0: I started to mention earlier, you've had a really interesting career being on both sides of corporate spokesperson roles and media as journalist. You were a Jenner first. Tell us a bit about your career journey and what led you to making the jump to the other side.
1: Yeah, I was a consumer affairs journalist at Choice, um, which uh, was a lot of fun. Um, uh, you know, consumer affairs can sound not very sexy, but it's actually super interesting because the stuff I looked at was all the things that affect our lives. So I covered everything from supermarkets to cosmetic surgery regulation to dodgy dealings in the caravan industry to, um, you know, absolutely shocking claims on food and beverages, you know, um, and and marketing. Um, And, uh, you know, we got to investigate a lot. And it's interesting, people think in Australia, you know, we get, we get told we're a nanny state. And in some ways, Australia really overregulated. but there are like massive gaps in the market. And that's where I got to play as a journalist. So cosmetic surgery, for example, is you know, a booming industry, not very regulated. Um, you know, uh, there are plastic surgeons. Um, they have eight years extra training. Um, they are all registered. Um, a cosmetic surgeon, um, just FYI for your listeners, is a doctor who's doing surgery who may have done a couple of courses, Um, and that's not very well known. Um, And that is still something that's happening today. So there are big gaps. Yeah, this was and this is ongoing. So you see a cosmetic surgeon, they are essentially a GP. They've probably done a couple of courses in surgery. And they might be very good at the specific thing they do, but they are not a plastic surgeon. They're very, very different. Now, both operate in the market. it's just
0: a different slight title change that most Mm -hmm. people
1: not know the difference and you say to someone though it's potentially a gap of eight years of training that's huge that's that's huge so that is really fascinating example you know we're in australia we're like oh we're overregulated whoa that's still happening um, so it was a super interesting space. So, food, um, areas around food and food marketing, so interesting. Um, the way the food industry kind of games the uh, Health Star system. I had a real interest in food that was marketed to kids or to babies um you know well really they're marketing to the parents right um and um you know there's so much product that's marketed that's not necessary or detrimental was super interesting um i never intended to kind of be on the public side of media i always enjoyed hiding behind my computer and doing the investigations um what happened is when i worked at choice um you know, occasionally we'd get asked to do media about the stories we'd done because we did a lot of advocacy. So we, I was in an unusual position where often I'd write a story but then I'd work with the rest of the media to get it promoted. And, um, you know, you might have noticed on this chat I do like to talk. Um, and someone smarter than me was like, I reckon, I reckon you'd, you know, you do okay um, doing media. So I started doing media for choice and I discovered, and when I mean media, like going on, you know, TV talking about topics. And I really loved it. I think for me, primarily, I'm kind of a communicator. So for me, it didn't matter whether it was my story or an issue. Um, I really enjoyed it, but it was quite accidental. My first ever appearance on a TV camera was live on Sunrise with David Kosh. Um, this is about eight years ago. we probably like a million people were watching it. And it was because like there were two people that were meant to do it at choice and they were both sick. And someone just said, you. Um, I didn't even know how a TV studio worked. Um, I didn't even understand. I had someone unzipping my dress as I was walking on to put a mic pack down there and get, you know, I literally had no idea. But um, I joked that that was my training. Uh, I also joke I didn't die um, on, on camera <laughs> or faint or, uh, you know, a bird didn't my head. You I survived. survived. And so from then on, I was like, well, okay, that, that went okay. And um, I found it really interesting um, for me. What I I have noticed and how I I do like playing on both sides of the fence is if you can give someone at least one talkable thought that they might then go, hey, did you know, like that cosmetic surgery one, did you know? And then, you know, you might share that with someone or you might think I want to look into that more deeply. Um, If you can give something something that sticks uh, that's talkable you've really got the uh, your audience's attention and you're going to spark uh, not only thoughts uh, some more research and and hopefully in action yeah
0: I love that theory because yeah sparking conversation it's 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 a trigger right for being thought provoking and doing oh I might look into that or just implanting. Ideas into people's minds, and that can often lead to emotions and advocacy and all sorts of things. And that's a really great way to think about it. I love that.
1: I think too. Like, um, I've never been a news journalist, but I've worked with a lot of news journalists. And while I love the news, I'm a news junkie. I, I, I've realised that the space I play in. I may, I'm probably a bit of a do-gooder at heart but this is a space where you can actually help people. So when you report on the news, you report on the news and you report it well, you give the context and then off it goes. Um, with the space I'm in, um, whether I'm on the journalism side or, or, the you know, the the side I'm on with Compare Club is you you're, you're reporting on something, you're giving the context but then you're giving people advice on what they can do next and that's I really like because generally it means people can save money, can take action and do something. And, and I find that really fulfilling.
0: What attracted you to Compare Club in particular?
1: Uh, I love that they're offering something different in the space. Um, I have worked in similar companies where, you know, um, uh, the audience is given loads of information, but ultimately they still have to take the action themselves. And I know that is the bit where it where the wheels fall off. they It falls off in my own life. I can do heaps of research on something and decide on a product, but will I actually do it? Possibly no. Uh, because... <laughs> I will find something more exciting to do. At um, least you know
0: your own fight failings, Kate. <laughs>
1: absolutely. And that's why I think I'm, I'm, I'm a good communicator with the audience because I get it. I'm not going to pretend that my life is perfect and optimised. A lot of the time it's a hot mess and I'm just struggling to get through the day. Um, but that's 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 the thing. The other thing is people aren't silly. Like people know what they're meant to do. My, I hate that trope of people saying do your homework and shop around. <laughs> like we all know that. But do we do it? No. Uh, So for me, Compare Club really does the heavy lifting for people and gets it done. And that was a huge sell for me. The other one was, you know, it's a relatively newish brand on the market. I felt that was really exciting. It's Australian owned. Um, And there's just a great energy about this organisation and that really appealed to me too.
0: Final question. What's your silver bullet for business success?
1: I, you know, I'd love to pretend that my very, um, all over the place career was some great strategy. Um, I, I I think a couple of things, uh, you know, if you can do what you love or do something you're passionate about, success will come. I was just saying that to my teenage daughter who is like thinking about careers and just wants to know which ones pay the most. And I was like, it as a journalist. Uh, we don't go into journalism for the money, that's for sure. But it's very fulfilling. Um, so that the other thing I've learned is I'm extremely candid person. Um, I find that radical candor gets you a long way in business and, and with people, whether that's me speaking on the TV to Australians and, and being radically honest about my own situation or failings wanting to be relatable Um, and I find it works really well in business as well it works with business partners it works managing upward managing downward I bring my whole self to my whole messy self to the table Um, and and what I've learned is when I do that and I am radically honest people tend to give it back to you and it immediately levels the playing field and that's when really really cool things happen
0: Well, I've appreciated your radical candor today, Kate. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. Thanks so much.